Okay, people, so it's day five of the BFI 63rd London Film Festival, and we have got a bumper episode for you. Um, yeah, so we've, we've got, what, um, six films? Six films and a Q&A with, um, one of the film's directors, so it's going to be a good one. So we're looking at the world premiere of Real. Um, we've got Honey Boy. We've got Blackbird, Baby Teeth, Marriage Story, and Monsoon, whose director Hong Chow. The um yeah, we're gonna bring you a little conversation with him as well. So um, hey. Bumper-packed episode, so um, I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so we're just going to get into Real, which had its world premiere this evening. Um, so, first of all, you're going to hear a, a little um, intro by the director. Then we're going to hit the review, and then we're going to go into the Q&A. So um, I hope you find that all very helpful and enjoyable. So here we go. Uh, yeah, thanks guys. I just want to thank everyone so much for turning out today on a Sunday. I really do, but we all really appreciate it. Um, so Real is a film that means a lot to us. It's a small film with heart. We shot it down in Lee Park, which is uh, an area I grew up in. and. Um, I just wanted to do an authentic film, um, an honest film, where people are trying to forge a relationship. And um, the cast, the crew, some of the cast haven't seen it yet, some of the crew who are here haven't seen it yet. So I just want to thank the cast and the crew, I want to thank the distribution, I want to thank Colin and Verve Pictures, I want to thank uh, Nick Bryan, I want to thank, uh, oh there's so many people anyway, but I just want to thank you all for coming out, and, oh Fizz and Ginger Films as well, sorry. But anyway, thanks for all for coming, uh, this is Real, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, so I have just come out of the world premiere screening of the new film, Real. It's, um... From writer and director Aki Omosabi um, Aki also, well he produced it um, He also starred in it along with Pippa Bennett Warner Karen Bryson and Amy Mason uh, The music is by Louise Alamu Um and the gist of the film is um is this Omosebi's deeply felt debut takes an honest look at a young couple Jamie who's played by Bennett Warren and Kyle hey the man wears many hats you know um Aki obviously as they struggle to manage personal hardships at the start of their blo blossoming relationship, Jamie leads the charge with quiet tenacity as a mother determined to create a stable environment for her young son. 
in tandem, Kyle puts the need to battle his own demons on hold and is willing to beg, steal or borrow to impress his new love. The growing intimacy between the pair is captured beautifully through Aki's naturalistic lenses, offering a slice of British life that, despite its challenges, manages to glow. So, yeah, this was a, um, it was an intimate kind of look at, at life and... I guess the, the 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 search for companionship, but also, um, I'd probably say this is a um, a search for redemption as well, and to make make a change, make, yeah, pos- positive inroads into life, you know, um, and yeah, it it was. It was a different kind of thing. Yeah. Um I think like from the lenses and everything that was used, this really um visually came off as a little bit different from a lot of the films that we've been seeing on the big screen of late. You know, this wasn't flashy, this wasn't bright. This was kind of, um, it had a kind of overcast feel to it. But then I think the story itself has that overcast feel to it. Because, you know, we've got these two characters, Jamie and Kyle. And both are kind of down on their luck. Like, we meet them... Because Jamie's in a um, her local corner shop Trying to pick up a few little items And um, her credit card is rejected uh, Kyle has just walked in He's behind her And um, he offers to uh, pay for her goods um, Which he then uses to try and barter a date with her So... Mm, yeah, <laughs> definitely um, ulterior motives. Uh, but so that's the thing, though. You know, I mean, she's um, struggling financially. She's a, a single mum. She's trying to find work. And a few other things come to light. Now, Kyle, though, despite what he might say... He's pretty much in the same boat, apart from he doesn't have a um a kid, you know. He's uh struggling, looking for work. He's living at home with his mum. It's just yeah, it's not great. But they are both hiding behind um personas they've created to kind of. Yeah, look better in the other's eyes But, you know, this doesn't start off as a love story This kind of starts off with Jamie adamantly going "Um, Yeah, let's just be friends We can hang out But that's it So, 
the story then just unfolds from there And we have um, all these new kind of revelations Kind of start coming out as the story unfolds Um so we we figure out that there was something something going on with Kyle because we have flashbacks into his life into his past and so there's this thing that's eating him up then there's this also um yeah i don't know there's some like gang vibes and some some situations that have um He's been in and seemed to be kind of hanging over him But he's met Jamie And um, yeah, he, he wants to try and take that somewhere But on the other hand, Jamie's trying to deal with this stuff that she's facing You know, she's trying to look after her son like she has a friend, Tash, who's helping her out when she can But she's pretty much on her own So yeah, it's, it's, the story's kind of like that And yeah, we're finding out new things about her A couple of big things That really do seem to impact the story Now, every like... It's got a, it does have a natural flow to it It does feel um, It does feel authentic It does feel like You know, these things We could see ourselves in these situations Or having these conversations You know what I mean? Just uh, that beginning trying to talk to a girl Thinking, oh Man, like, is my job good enough? Is my situation good enough? So, yeah, I think everyone can relate. Everyone can understand that. I mean, maybe not everyone would go the route Kyle did, but we understand the, you know what I mean, the, the, the kind of that gnawing inside, wanting, thinking, ugh. I need to be better Like People aren't gonna Want to check for me In my current state So yeah I think that's all good um, Aki uses um, This kind of Close Frenetic Kind of camera Style So he he's really bringing things Up close But in a way that it's not like uh, uh, then up close and kind of then sitting behind like we saw in Monsoon. This is up close and kind of them moving constantly around someone. So it, it, it's kind of like a bee just buzzing, floating, you know what I mean? Just all kind of inquisitive. The, I think it, it works in some scenes more than others But it is an interesting kind of um, 
way to look at things. Now, I do feel that the story, um, it does seem to, I think, I think, because this isn't a long film, it's 76 minutes, and it seems to get to a point, and then it's like a need to get to the end, so we, it kind of feels like it's jumped over a few, a few conversations, a few steps before the end, because, you know, there's a couple of things that happen that, um, are just a bit like, but wouldn't there need to be more for them this to be a thing now, right, so, yeah, there's a couple of those, that did, you know, I was a bit like, like, yeah, there should be more, like, it, it couldn't go from that to then that, because that doesn't make any sense, you know, especially after things that we have heard earlier in the film, so, yeah, I, I think those things then take the film down slightly, you know, but for a, a, a first effort, for, you know what I mean, a first feature film, I think Aki has to be um, commended for what he's been able to achieve, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, yeah. The next feature, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of um, adapts and takes things forward. Go if we can get a story that's a bit more um, connected all the way through, and yeah, avoids the holes. But other than that, look, this isn't a bad film. It's um. Yes, decent, I'd say. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd kind of be like, if you like those stories about first love. So if you liked Premature, then, you know, I think this would probably resonate with you. Um, yeah. Like, um, oh, there was a... Uh, there was a film last year, um, Been So Long, that was the one, um, yeah, Been So Long, it was the, um, Michaela Cole film, um, yeah, I, I, I think if you like that, then, um, real, yeah, I, I think Premature and Been So Long have those kind of similar vibes, and yet if you like those, then yeah, I think Real is a film for you, uh, you will be able to see it again on Tuesday the 8th of October, um, so it's screening at quarter to four at the Odeon Tottenham Court Road, uh, I mean, it does now have UK distribution, so I imagine um, there will be 
a uh, a cinematic release or a streaming deal struck pretty soon uh but yeah there's no information on that yet but uh yeah it this if this sounds like it's for you go check it out it's real the new film by Aki Omosh AB um who also wrote it, produced it, and starred in it, along with Pippa Bennett-Warner, um, Amy Mason, Cola Bocchini, um, yeah, and a, a host of other talented actors and actresses, so, um, there you go, people. Congratulations, I think you've made a really special uh, a really special film here. Um, I'm going to kick off with a couple of questions myself and then I'll open it up to the audience. So have a think of some things that you might like to ask. But um, Aki, at the beginning you mentioned how you really wanted to make an authentic film and you made something that felt authentic. I wonder if you can take us back to the beginning and the kind of origins of this story and how it developed into the film that we just saw today. Uh, yeah, so um, I suppose when I first started... Uh, <coughs> writing the film. Um, it was a completely different story, actually. It was about uh, a woman, a working class woman that couldn't con conceive, uh, because uh, most dramas you see are kind of, you know, from a middle class perspective, if a woman can't uh, conceive and, you know, paying for IVF. And, and I kind of thought, what happens if you're working class, you live at home, you don't have any money, you live with your mum, and uh, you probably weren't able to foster or anything like that. And so that was the, I suppose that's where it started. And then Kyle came into the scene and then I soon noticed that maybe that wasn't my story to tell. And I realized that Kyle and Jamie's relationship in that script, there was something there. So I kind of decided to focus on that relationship and then I just carried on writing and just things were just coming to me as I was writing. Yeah. And um, Amy and, and Pippa, can you tell us about how you first came involved in the project? What was it about the script, about this story that made you want to both be involved? I just liked the kind of honesty of it and the fact that it was just two people who were sort of just trying to have a go at life and they sort of, you know, they kind of run into each other and then it sort of, they kind of go through this sort of life this journey of just self-discovery and opening themselves up to love and stuff. And I just I just thought it was a, a really great piece. And I just kept, I remember, I think I got to about page 10 and was just like, I so want to do this. I just, I just thought, yeah, I thought, I thought Aki had done an amazing job. That was the first time I saw the film. Buddy, that was beautiful. That you see, uh, you know what's on the page translate onto screen, but that was just that was that blew my mind, uh, and that is why I wanted to be a part of it. Really, you know, I read what was there, um, and also you know the relationship between us was just that was beautiful and golden, and it was almost like no acting required. Mm. When I came on set with you, it was just a luxury because you don't always have that space and time, and um, you know you don't you're not always in a safe space to be able to play that way and, and just to be a bit loose. Um, Aki, you mentioned at the beginning that the film was shot where you grew up. 
Um, can you tell us about the location and why that was so important for you in terms of telling this story? Yeah, so um, I suppose when I first started writing, it was kind of set in London, but I soon realised it would be interesting to have uh, a different landscape to London and also to show that black people live outside London, because <laughs> I was one of them. So, um, yeah, so I just wanted to show a different landscape, and I grew up in Lee Park, and it was one of the biggest housing estates in the like, late 90s, early 2000s, and I just, and I know there hasn't been uh, much investment down there, so I just really wanted to kind of get a real community sense with, you know, uh, the calf you saw, and, and just kind of collaborate with, a, a connect, even the house um, we shot in was my auntie's house, where my foster auntie's house. So yeah, I just wanted a, a, a connection with that. And also, yeah, like I said, just to show a different landscape of the country um, in, a, in a British film, rather than just London all the time. And there's also a kind of sense of, almost a sense of claustrophobia in the film, this feeling of not being able to escape. Mm. I wonder if you could talk about how you kind of generated that atmosphere, how that kind of came about. Yeah, so um, like living down there, it, it, it's kind of like that. It's quite hard to um, get out of, of that area. And I wanted to, the camera to kind of uh, be another character. So you were kind of like a fly on a wall of uh, watching. So I wanted the camera to follow each character and be quite close and then allow when emotions got bigger, more space and more, yeah, just more space on the screen. But I, I just felt it was really important for the camera to be quite close, because it's, it's, it's kind of like a character study at the same time. So I kind of thought if I shot it all handheld, we'd get a sense that we were going on a journey uh, with these characters. Yeah. And we've got time for a few questions. If anyone has anything they'd like to ask, please um, raise your hand. We've got a couple of mics in the audience. Yeah, we've got a question just over here on the side. Um, I'd just like to ask, can you hear me? Yeah, I'd just like to ask how you made the journey from, say, teenage to making this film. Did you go to film school? Did you know you wanted to do this from an early age? How did you progress? Yeah, um, good question. Uh, no, I didn't go to film school. Um, originally, I, I suppose it was a footballer. I wanted to be a footballer. I was playing <laughs> semi-pro uh, uh, down in Portsmouth. And I was signed to Portsmouth for a little while. And then... Um, uh, there was, I uh, always loved music, always loved singing, and there was a production at St Mary's football ground called Sigazaga, which was a football play, and they just needed some extras. Uh, a friend asked me to go along, I went along, they cast me as the lead, and then it kind of went from there, and then I studied musical theatre actually, and so I, I did musicals for a while, and then later on became fascinated with screen, and here we are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, question just down here in the middle. If you just raise your hand again, yeah, and there's just a microphone making its way down to you. Just down here in the middle. Congratulations, guys. Um, I see this as a, uh, a beginning, and my next question is Is there going to be a sequel? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to answer that? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've got. Yeah, sorry. 
Yeah, maybe. No, I, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is it this a writing, acting, and uh, directing suit you, though? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to ask, actually, I mean, you're writer, director, producer, star, you know, I wonder if you could talk about kind of juggling all these different roles when you were making the film, and how difficult was that? Yeah, I wouldn't say juggling, I'd say picking up, <laughs> going on. Um, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was an experience. Um, we shot it in 12 days, so, and it wasn't a huge budget. Got a really good gasp there, that 12 days. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a huge budget, so um, just to make the film work, I knew that maybe I needed to do a couple of roles rather than paying other people to do the roles. And if, if I'm really honest, I wasn't initially going to direct it, but someone dropped out, so I kind of had to step up last minute. And um, yeah, it, it was great, and, but you know, to make a kind of film like that, it's, it's, uh, it's a village, so the co-producers that uh, came on to help, uh, all the cast, that, some of the cast that haven't seen it, the crew, these guys. So yeah, it was a real team effort, <laughs> even though I did do change hats a few times, but um, yeah, it was a real team effort. Do we have um, any other questions? I've got a question just up in the, in the back corner. If you can just shout it out and I can repeat. Well, first of all, I want to congratulate you on the Thank you. The question, just in case anyone couldn't hear, was about the uh, the relationship between the mother and the son, and how Aki developed that. Uh, yeah, um, just because of the the history of the characters, I, I just found it fascinating, and, and even with uh, Jamie's character and her mum, and just like you know, nurture from um, parents and whether kind of making the same mistakes or going there, and sometimes between a mother or a father and there's a uh, son, daughter, a lot of things are not said and some things are sweeped under the carpet and there's sometimes there's energy there and you just kind of carry on with it. But um, it got to a point where something had to kind of happen to, for, for everyone to move <laughs> on, for Jamie's and uh, Kyle's relationship, uh, Kyle's with his mum and Jamie's with uh, her mum, do you want to say a few things about um, the relationship with your mum? I mean, in the film, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think until Jamie meets Kyle, she's very much a lone wolf. I don't think she, well, she doesn't, she doesn't have a relationship with, she says, you know, with either of her parents. And so when she embarks on this relationship, she begins, she begins to become more open 
And I like the fact that the mum is then introduced when she's sort of going on this journey of, you know, like I said before, kind of opening up and sort of taking the, the walls down. So I feel like at the beginning, she's quite a closed book, but um, that was a fun day, wasn't it, with, when, the, when Freddie was with? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's so funny. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> um, we've got time for a couple more, if there are. Yeah, we've got a question just here. There's just a microphone coming over to you. Hi, good evening, everyone. Aki, first of all, great job for your, you. to your debut. Um, what's it like working with children, child actors? <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, well, One of you do. It, it was heaven. I mean, Tay is like the most wonderful child on the planet, and he, he's so easy to work with, isn't he? I mean, he just, mm. he was just amazing, like, could take notes, knows how to hit a mark, um, and so I, no, I had an absolute blast. I mean, I adore him, he's just, and he's so cute. You just kind of see him on screen, and you just like, want to squeeze his cheeks. He's just, he's like, he's just, he was delightful. It was like working with an adult. And uh, to be honest, I'm a bit of a kid myself, so it was uh, fun, we had a laugh. Um, are there any final questions out there? Um, if not, I just wanted to, to ask you guys, I mean, you mentioned it was a 12-day shoot, it was a low-budget production, of course, this was very much a kind of labour of love. What are some of your favourite memories from when you were shooting film? I didn't have fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> Every day was great. It was really nice because I came into a family, I was only there for uh, two days. But uh, yeah, it was great and I felt, like I said, you know, safe to kind of explore and have fun. That's what it's all about, you know. Aki sets the precedence, and, and then it just filters, trickles through, and it was a joy. Uh, I, I think um, the, the fun part was it's just that uh, everyone coming together. Um, we knew, like I said, the sh short amount of time, but, you know, everyone travelled down from London, and everyone kind of marked in and kind of rallied around uh, everyone, and uh, I think that's hopefully shows in the film that everyone was there to support everyone, if you know what I mean. You know, some of the guys from the cast over there came down for days and then went back up, and it still felt like a big family, if you know what I mean. It was, it was, uh, that was my highlight, to be honest with you, just that everyone knew we had a short amount of time, but we all pitched in and we knew we had a job to do, and we just pulled our socks up and done it. And that love and that, that kind of determination absolutely shows you on screen. Um, I want to say a huge thank you to the three of you for being here with us tonight. Please give it up for Aki. <laughs> it really does mean the world to all of us. So I really appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday to watch us on screen. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>okay so i've just come out of a screening of honey boy this is the new film and well first feature film from alma harrell um it was produced by brian kavanagh jones daniela taplin lundberg anita goo christopher leggett and um Alma herself. Uh, the screenplay was by Shia LaBeouf. Um, the film stars Shia LaBeouf, Lucas Hedges and Noah Jupe. Um, 
The cinematography was Natasha Bria And the music was Alex Sommers Now, the gist of the film is this So, Alma Harrell has been a filmmaker to get excited about Ever since feverish regard for her stunning debut Bombay Beach Spread like a wildfire through 2011 Here she collaborates to impressive effect for her first dramatic feature with gifted writer and actor Shia LaBeouf. Together they deliver a potent and darkly beautiful story about a child actor with an unconventional and brutalising past. Lucas Hedges plays Otis who makes a living starring in action films. He's an alcoholic with a penchant for fiercely self-destructive behaviour. But when an accident forces him into rehab, he begins to examine his troubled past. We soon find ourselves in a sleazy motel with a young Otis, the breathtakingly good Noah Jupe. In the care of his unstable and often emotionally abusive father An excellent LaBeouf Playing a version of his own real life father LaBeouf and Harrell Have crafted a stunning complex film Full of narrative and meta-narrative twists Write what you know Is a screenwriting coach's maxim Few would have the courage to write with such bruising candour, nor the talent to do so with such grace and poignancy. Um, okay. So, look, I, 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 I do believe some of that, but there's some of that that mm, I don't really buy. You feel me? Now, the film... The film is very interesting And I really like the way it starts So it starts with like a montage Of um, the stunts So the stunts that Otis is doing So that's what we're seeing And um, so we're just seeing all these like explosions And crashes and everything like that But amongst all of these things, we also get a real life accident. And the act and so the crazy thing is the accident is very similar to one of the stunts. So at first, you're like, oh, is this is acting, right? This is just another. Then you realize, oh no, this is real. Like, this shit happened. And, yeah, so we're seeing this thing. And um, I think it was, a, it, was an, it was a really interesting way to get into the actual story. You know, by, by kind of framing it with this stunt device. And so that was interesting. I liked that. Uh, so then he's in rehab. Um, and we see him 
like he's not quite ah he you know he's trying to get on board with it and you see him kind of a bit distanced from the whole process but then he's kind of um forced into it and you're like oh okay okay this is yeah this is interesting man and so we we see him start to collaborate with the whole process of rehab and the counselling, um, which he's kind of forced into doing. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have all of this, and then he's um, he starts to look at his life. You know, look at. How he is, um, the way he is, like what, what are his triggers? Like what are the things that um make him do these things? Make him drink? Make him lose control? And then we, so then we start with the 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 flashbacks to him as a kid, a little kid, um, and so we, we our story. The way we're viewing it, it's kind of jumping between present day and then this past. Um, and yeah, it's 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 you know it's not great. It's not great. Like what we see happening to him as a kid, but you then you know you can understand. You can understand why someone would act in a certain way when that's really that was some of their youngest experiences. So that's a bit like, oh man. And I I think Otis, both incarcerations of Otis, so the older Otis played by Lucas Hedges, and then the younger Otis played by Noah Jupe. I think Noah Jupe was in um, A Quiet Place. I think he was the, the 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 young dude in that, which, yeah, was great. And um, yeah, he does a, a really good like both incarcerations are extremely well acted. You know, really. You you believe the emotion and the the, the restraint, the hesit hesitancy, like all of that, the anger, the pain, you you buy it. You buy it from both of them. And that's great. You know, um yeah, I like that. Then and and so when we're seeing these the the younger iteration of Otis we're then introduced to his dad, James. And yeah, James ain't great. You know, he's like, he doesn't seem to like Otis getting influences from anyone else. And he can't, can't show emotion. His dad was like, what? I wipe the wolf from your face, Otis. I, I told you I don't want to see you cry. Don't cry in front of me. What I tell you, boy. What I tell you. 
Yo, so he's just mean and nasty and horrible. Um, and so yeah, so James is played by Labouf, and I don't know. So. <laughs> There's moments of it that I was like, yeah, no, that's good. And then there was moments where I felt the performance was kind of a caricature. Like, it was it, it, it was kind of forced. You know what I mean? Just, just forced in an effort to be a certain way and to come across as this certain thing. Rather than like the nuanced performances that we were getting from Jupe and Hedges, which felt extremely natural. So that was the, yeah, that was the kind of thing with that. But also when when you look at um like Martin Starr, who played Alec, one of the uh, um. Otis's counsellors And then his friend Kind of in their Percy Played by Byron Bowers Those performances Were really Nuanced and good And the same with Laura San um, Giacomo Who was um, his doctor And FKA Twigs Who Yeah Her role was odd like oh, but they they all work. They all you all kind of found those people very believable, but um, there was a lot of time that you didn't really believe in um Labouf's James, like that character just just kind of felt um. Like disjointed from the rest of the film So yeah, that was a bit kind of mm. And yeah, the, so yeah I was just, I just mentioned like FKA Twigs Who played um, this shy girl That lived across the way from um, Otis When he was a little kid Like that whole interaction Is crazy and and it's kind of crazy in the fact that what Otis had, why Otis has to do it, you know, to feel something, and that's just that's just sad, man. That's just upsetting, you know. What I mean, it's not right. There are kind of things that you wonder though, because we never see the mum, we never see the mum, and we never really understand. Why You mean like Why is the mum letting James be there You know Because after some of the conversations we hear You're just like Alright This doesn't make any sense So we don't understand that Um, Then I've, I feel like with the revelations and just the stuff Otis says as the um the adult Otis now, the hedges Otis. So it then makes the ending um it just seems the ending's a bit of a disservice to what we've seen. You know what I mean? It's just like 
Right. So why? What? Why? How do we then get to that? And I'm look. I'm fine with the ending, with some sort of narrative that kind of gives you some sort of understanding on it. Now, look. I don't necessarily need a. Well, well, in the intervening years, this happened, and then this happened, and then... No, we don't need that. But I feel there needs to be something because of the revelations we get, you know? And, like, one of the last things that Hedges Otis says is, like, all I learned from him is pain. You know? So it's a bit like... Harry? And then also, I think the statement, the statement was, it, it wasn't, it was a lot, there's a line that wasn't needed, like, I'm going to make a film about you, and it's just like, that's not needed, you know, because it's just like, it's too on the nose, you know what I mean, it's too on the nose, because it's just like, yeah, alright, we get it, because that's what we're watching, you know what I mean? It's just like, why? I would have left that out. I would have left it out. So there's, there's just these things that could have done with a bit more exploration. Um, and then I think um, it elevates the film. Because I did like the film. I did enjoy the film. But there was those two things that were like, uh, a bit, yeah Um. Now um, I would kind of say That I don't think it felt long It's 95 minutes So I think the um, the time worked So that was fine um, And it, I, I think this film is kind of similar to something like Birdman. So, I'd be like, if you liked Birdman, um, I think this would be for you. You know, I, I think you would enjoy this. Uh, so, you can see this uh, tomorrow. In fact, so there's two screenings tomorrow. Unfortunately, they are during the day. So Monday, the seventh of October, um, you've got a screening at twelve thirty, and that's at the View West End in Leicester Square. Then, still Monday, the seventh of October, half an hour later, there's another screening at one p.m. at the View West End Leicester Square. So they are your um, they're your two opportunities to uh, to see this film. Um, yeah, like stateside, if you're stateside, you know what I mean? Or um, if you're in Canada, it is coming out on the 8th of November. So I do suspect that it will probably... You know, you'll, you'll probably find it floating around um, UK cinemas 
sometime after that or the beginning of 2020 but there's no um yeah there's no dates on the um yeah on the system as it were but yes this was honey boy um it's by director alma harrell written by shia labeouf um it is produced by Brian Kavanagh Jones, Christopher Leggett, Daniela Taplin Lundberg, uh, starring Lucas Hedges, Shia LaBeouf, Noah Zoop, um, FKA Twigs, uh, Brian Bowers, Laura San Chicomo, uh, it's got Martin Starr. And um, the cinematography was Natasha Breyer, music Alex Sommers. So, um, yeah, people, there you go. Maybe go check this out tomorrow on those two occasions that are available to you. Okay? Cool, cool. Okay, so I've just come out of Blackbird. It's the new film from Roger Mitchell. Uh, it was produced by Cheryl Clark, David Bernardi, Rob Van Norden. Uh, it's written by Christian Torp, um, and it's starring Susan Sarandon, Kate Winslet, Mia Woskowska, Sam Neill, Lindsay Duncan, Rain, Rain, I mean, hmm, I think it's Ryan, I think I've always said Rain, but I think it's Ryan, like, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's Rain, fuck it, I'm just gonna say Rain Wilson, you know, the cat from the office, um, Anson Boone, and Abex Taylor Klaus, um, music by Peter Gregson and the cinematography is Mike Ely. So the gist of the film is this. Set over a weekend at a beautiful house near the seaside, it's clear from the outset that Lily, played by Sarandon, has made her family aware that she plans to end her own life before her terminal disease renders her incapable of doing so. Her adoring husband, played by Neil, is committed to being there for her, making the choice as emotionally and physically painless as it can be. While her two daughters, Winslet and Wachowska, are both reluctant to accept Lily's decision for their own very personal reasons. One of the UK's classiest cinematic storytellers Mikhail, um, yeah, so he's done Enduring Love, Le Weekend, Notting Hill, which I think is a better film than people kind of think, um, has a crystalline gift for getting a good script to sing, always drawing soulful performances from his actors. And the quality of the cast here says everything about his regard as a director. 
While the debate over euthanasia is very sensitive, Christian Torp's measured, intelligent and compassionate script is less interested in ethics than it is in understanding human behaviour. Deeply moving and satisfying as a drama, Blackbird is a story about the complexity of family love, but one with an urgent and relevant beating heart. Now, so it's set at this um, house by the seaside and really the story revolves just around a few rooms. So we get like the kitchen, the living room, a couple bedrooms. That That's essentially it. There is a bit of a walk outside and there's um yeah there's a bit in a garage but essentially it's just within the confines of the house and it's a very simple story essentially you know family come over you, you they for talk and food and then it happens but the complexity, the the, the way that um, Roger Mitchell um, and Christian Torp have have been able to craft this story, it to invoke so much emotion, feeling, and to make it seem real. Do you know what I mean? Because I think a, a lot of times there's a simple subject and people try and draw it out and make it so complex and you know just like oh but did you think of this and this and oh this happens and it's just like it's too much like you you've you've spoiled what could have been a nice story but this it's it's very measured like you know it's a serious topic but there's still some humor in there there's still these just really nice moments you know um like jonathan um the son uh one of lily's daughter's sons he um he has a a, a nice moment with sanderson and um where they just talk and he reveals a secret to her and it and it's just i think that's the the joy of something like this just these these personal development moments these these personal this interface between the characters for them to bond and share and really kind of peel back those emotional layers Yo, and, and this film, that's it does it so well. You know, obviously things happen in a story. It's not just as straightforward as come over, then she dies. No. Uh, like there's revelations, there's there's guilt, you know, there's emo there's so much emotion. Um but it, it it's handled in a way that makes sense.
hearts because obviously obviously with something like this it's not just going to be like simple because you you're going to think that you're fine with it but then as the time draws closer you know stuff's gonna come up you're you're looking for reasons to be like oh actually had hold on did we think about this or oh that's going on so obviously no we can't that can't happen now and yeah that plays out but it it, it works like i i think um i can't remember the amount of um the amount of straight roles we've kind of essentially seen rain wilson in i know there's been a few but yeah he he plays this role really well really like i think he's kind of hit that steve carell kind of phase where you can do the comedic you can do the straight and you can do those in between but yeah he is really good like really good in this um i i obviously a standout performance is um sarandon like because to you know to play someone that is ill like terminally ill and kind of but have them trying to act like look i'm cool I'm, i'm 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 good with life i i can do everything on my own you know but not become over the top or anything like that it's very nuanced and you know it it was like you could see that oh she's very good there's like at the beginning there's just her getting out of bed getting out of bed like putting her slippers on like just these little these movements just these actions oh just tremendous like so good like walking down the stairs it's just like yeah no she she does it very very well uh and it and it really helped to make the film and because also it's the it's the facial expressions it's the you know oh i dropped a glass oh well it's not the end of the world you know it's just these little things that um, just just help add to the tapestry of the film i mean to be one thing i could have done without was the um the, the weird beat poetry moment <laughs> i'm not gonna lie wasn't great wasn't great at all um, you know you definitely could have cut that scene but you know didn't ruin the film if you know, it, 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 it was still good um yeah I, I really liked the the cinematography the choice of shots the, the you know the close-ups the different angles that we used that that was all good there's one really nice scene and um i think lily's outside and she's looking in to um the kitchen 
and so you kind of have the distorted reflections of the people in the kitchen but then you've got the, the reflection of the sunset on the window as well that was just a really nice shot you know, I, I just think yeah it, it really worked and so it's just there's a lot of little different things like that and it just yeah it, it was it was great but listen this is definitely definitely an emotional film just for it sitting around the table having having dinner a festive dinner you know so there's that scene then there's kind of just some of the 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 the, the big um the big emotions that come out during the film you know like you you wanted us to be strong you wanted us to be independent just things like this and they just like oh, they do hit you hard and then especially the end I mean how could the end not right I mean yeah if the end didn't hit this wouldn't have been the same film but yeah so there is that so um, remember that going in if you don't if you don't like an emotional film then maybe steer clear if you do like an emotional film if emotion yeah you know, maybe bring some maybe bring some kleenex with you you know what i mean um it's it's 97 minutes so a relatively short film really um which is good because i think it doesn't overstay it, it it's welcome like everything is judged just right and um yeah it, i think it ended when it should do so yeah that's all good so if you want to see this um it's showing tomorrow monday the 7th at quarter past two and it will be at the embankment garden cinema now remember all the details, links, etc. will be in the information of this episode. So go there and um, yeah, you'll be able to um, find out. Um, and so the, this was Blackbird, the new film from Roger Michel. Um, produced Cheryl Clark, David Bernardi and Rob Van Norden. Screenplay by Christian Torp and starring Susan Sarandon, Kate Winslet, Mia Wachowska, Sam Neill, Lindsay Duncan, Rain Wilson, Anson Boone and Bex Taylor-Klaus. Alright, enjoy. Okay, so I've just come out of a screening of Baby Teeth. This is the new film directed by Shannon Murphy. It was produced by Alex White. Uh, the screenplay was from Rita Kalnagis. Um, and it's starring Eliza Scanlon, Essie Davis, Ben Mendelssohn, Toby Wallace, and Andrea Demetrides. Uh, the music was by Amanda Brown and the cinematography was Andrew Comis. 
Um, so the gist of the film is this. <clears throat> what to do when your seriously ill teenage daughter falls madly in love with a young drug dealer. This is the dilemma that Henry, that's Mendelssohn, and Anna Davis face when their beloved Miller, who's played by Scanlon, meets the dodgy but charming Toby, played by Wallace. On paper, this is a premise for a sickly sweet young, young adult drama. But in director Shannon Murphy's hands, this debut gorgeously walks a fine line between provocative adult drama and sweet teen romance. The nature of Miller's illness is not disclosed. It's the unnatural state of being young and diseased that's the central point that challenges and ultimately unites the family. Some of Australia's finest screen talent shine in a film that has both the feverishness of first love and the visceral intensity of impending grief. And um, it's based on a book by the same name, um, but, and this was, you know, like the screenplay written by Rita Kalnidges. Um So this is, like, it's an odd film. Like, it, it's really odd. Um, because, it, I mean, it's just in the nature in what we see it. And having to kind of realize these crazy dynamics that we're, we're now seeing on the screen, you know? Because um, as it says, look, we don't know. Like, there's no point where it's like, oh, Miller has this. But I think very early on, you realize that she's ill. But we don't know. To, you know what I mean To what severity We just know that she's um, Possibly ill Or just Something You know maybe Like at first you do actually wonder If she maybe is on the spectrum You know what I mean You just know there's something Going on That you can't put your finger on Um because, yeah, she's at a train station and her nose just suddenly starts to bleed and um, she gets all dizzy and just kind of collapses, which never seems kind of right, right? Then you have her, um, I think it's just the way she looks at the guy and you're just like, huh, that is, um, yeah, that's a little different. Especially as he kind of pushed you out the way So it was just like, wait, what? Yeah, there's something not right Because you're not processing things correctly Then we're introduced to her parents Who, um, yeah An interesting visit at the doctor's office Let's just say that (laughs) Um so everything we see is just dysfunctional. It, this is a dysfunctional film, you know? 
It's a dysfunctional film that's just a basically it's an open it's an open wound. That is that, you know that's what this is. But it works. It works so well. I think especially if you're kind of open to something that doesn't necessarily meet the um the confines of the reality in which you know in which you live you know because what we see here it it really is not right <laughs> you know it's just yeah it's all kinds of wrong but you can understand it you know you can really understand that your the parents would do this stuff now you're definitely going to be conflicted but you're kind of thinking okay if if the end game is this then whatever you know what i mean we're, we're just gonna roll any dice that we have and make sure that you know this happens so I, yeah so so i think that's the thing it gets crazy and where you know is it like it's so the way miller looks at um at toby is like uh then i think so she goes for, to a music lesson she plays the um violin so she goes to a music lesson and the music teaches us like because she's already we've already seen her at one where she wasn't focused or anything like that. So she's at another one and she's playing great. And the music teacher's like, Oh, yeah, something's different about you. Hmm, are you in love? And she's just like, Oh yeah, I've got a boyfriend. And it's a bit like, yeah, 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 yo. Yeah. You, you you spoke to a guy once. You know, you spoke to a guy once, and now you're referring to this guy as your boyfriend? What is wrong here? You know, this ain't right. This is so weird. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's just like... But it sets the tone. It sets the tone on everything that we're seeing. And just the nature of this. And how it will be moving at a, an accelerated pace to anything normal. But there's a reason, you know, and, and you understand that, you get that. Um, yeah, it, it's just, man, like, there's so much emotion here. Like, Miller is basically a, an, just an open book when it comes to m- emotion. She's like a faucet that won't sh- turn off. And it's just like... Feeling everything, you know, like, is is this a drug thing? Is is this the ill? Like, yeah, but she's feeling every single thing, and I think she knows she's getting a certain leeway. I don't necessarily think she's taking advantage, but she just wants to. She just wants to soak everything in. You know, she just wants to live this life, essentially. And um, that's what she's doing. And 
I think if this is just a film, you know, that's fine. It could work. But I, I think it's the way it is shot really helps us feel these emotions because we have some really tight camera angles, you know, really up and close. Like, if this was real life, you'd be telling someone to back out of your personal space because the, the camera's so close. And, and that's what it needs to be for us to kind of feel like we are now on this journey with Miller. And, yeah, it, it helps to add that, that vibe, you know, that, that feeling of first love. You know, um, so the music is great. The music works so well, and it's like stuff I haven't really heard. There's a few things that you've heard, and then I guess because this is an Australian film, so I guess they are using a lot of Australian talent on the music front, you know. And hey, you know, it just opens you up to these new kind of variations of sound. That's just like, yo, you know what I mean? I was just thinking, I need to check out this soundtrack. This is great. And so you have that, that is is working to help with this story. Then, like, the, you know, along with the tight camera work, you've also got the these certain shots that are just really good there's a point when um miller and toby go to this party he goes off and she is on her own dancing on the dance floor and the effect of her dancing i I think it was just kind of some weird strobe light she's by could be something else but that effect was I was so good. I really enjoyed that. You know, it was just like, oh, nice. But she'd had a, I think she'd had some vodka. So she's just now letting loose. And yeah, so this, the, the, the way they shot that bit, oh man, it was so, it was so good. I really liked it. But um, yeah, the story, Man, there's shit that happens in this story that's just like is it's it's weird. It's really weird. And it, it's gonna make you uncomfortable. Definitely yeah, I was definitely feeling a kinda uncomfortable. And especially um there's some intimate shit. And um yeah, you're just like wait. Um, yo, what are the ages again? Yo, is is this right? You know? But, yeah, this, this, this works because you, you are on an emotional, um, roller coaster here. You really are. And I think, like, I, yo, I, I, there was definitely a wetness in my eyes. I ain't gonna lie. Ain't gonna lie, son, because, yo, the end is so hard. 
the end is so fucking hard. I, I was just like, oh, come on. No, 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 no. No, look, you can't. I mean, you do, like, so there's a, the build up to that point, the build up to the point, um, you kind of think, okay, right. Now that's happened. Oh, are they going to... But you wonder, because then you see something else and you're like, okay, oh, no, 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 no. So it's not. And then you get this other shot. This other shot. And you're just like, no, 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 no. No, they haven't. No, they, they really haven't. But then when you see the kitchen and the conversation straight away, you're like, oh, God damn it. God damn it, no. Come on, man. It's, it's so rough. It is so rough and raw. But it's perfect. It's like you, you wouldn't want this to end any other way. And they frame it with, this, uh, with something else. Which adds... To the perfection of that, that closing, that ending, you know, the curtain close, and it's just, yeah, yeah. There's there's wetness in the ice. There is, there really is. Um, the one thing I did find very irritating. And frustrating about this film, okay? So throughout the film, there's text that pops up on on the screen. There's this text that pops up on the screen. So I'm assuming it's, I don't know, like introductions to a scene, an act. I don't know. It must be something like that. But it's just like, why can't you just vocalise it? Why is there text? It's just, ah, because not everyone can see that shit. So it's just like, God damn it, why have you done that? That's so irritating. But um, that, I mean, that was the only, that was the only real thing. Other than the uncomfortableness of certain bits but, you know, that all adds to the story, so it's fine. But yeah, I really, really like this. And I was so shocked. Because to be honest, this was just a, okay, I'll fill the time with this. Because, you know, I, I didn't really know anything about this film. I don't watch trailers, obviously. Because, you know, trailers are bad. So, yeah, sometimes you just... You know, take a leap of faith And I'm, I'm so glad I did But you will be able to um, See this again On Tuesday the 8th of October At quarter to one So it's playing at the Odeon Tottenham Court Road um, And then your last opportunity 
will be Saturday the 12th of October at 10 to 6 at the View West End. The one in Leicester Square, people. So, yeah, two opportunities to see this film. And um, Saturday, look, if you're working, if you're at school, uni, anything like that, Tuesday might be an issue. But you can definitely do the Saturday. And I highly, highly recommend that you do, people. Um, So, again, this was Baby Teeth. It's... um, by is directed by Shannon Murphy, produced by Alex White. It's written by Rita Kalnages, um, and it's starring Eliza Scanlon, who's just all of the performances were great. All of them are really good because they're all so emotional and emotional in different ways. Yeah, so some are just fully open. Some are a bit more reserved. Some are just you know, just on that wire, so it's just, yeah, so Eliza Scanlon, Essie Davis, Ben Mendelssohn, um, Toby Wallace, and Andrea Demetrides, um, music by Amanda Brown, and cinematography Andrew Comis, if you can see it, it's 120 minutes, but it doesn't drag, you will be fully engaged, fully immersed, and, um, I, I would say, look, if you like, um, if you like just do, those raw emotional films, I think it's, um, oh gosh, um, Amanda Potts was in the film. It was uh, about um, a, 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 a lady, she's married, she's dying, and she was writing letters to her, her young daughter and it was just trying to um, also set her husband up with someone else when she dies. It was such a, just a, such a sweet film. Um, God damn it, I'm so irritated I can't remember this film. Um, but yes, if you, if you like that, if you know what I'm talking about, you, you will love this film. You know? Um... Oh gosh, I don't know, it's kind of like, it's weird, it's kind of tonally similar to Garden State, Um, but it's got that kind of feverish energy as well, but yeah, if, if you like just raw emotional films that will wrench at your heart, this is the film for you people so um check out baby teeth if you can okay cool okay so just came out of a screening of marriage story now ah i was very excited to see this because it was written and directed by the great Noah Baumbach. Um, yeah, love his films, man. You know what I mean? Just like Squid and a Whale, Screaming and Kicking, Francis Ha, just, yeah, all them films. 
all them. I'm not sure if I'm going to check out his Barbie film, but everything else, man, love it. Um, so, Bound Back also produced along with David Heyman. Um, the film is starring Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, Laura Dern, Alan Alda, Ray Liotta. Um, and the music is by Randy Newman, cinematography Robbie Ryan. Okay, so the gist of the film is this Nicole, who's played by Johansson, is an actor, Charlie, who's played by Driver, is a director. Together, they run a New York based theatre company. They're also married and have a son. But Nicole is a West Coaster who craves a different pace and a healthier life for her family. Charlie can't bear California for too long. Accepting a temporary separation while Nicole takes a film job in LA. The um, dissimilarities in their desires becomes a chasm. It's an economical plot uh, the gradual unravelling of a marriage, but the great pleasure and agony lies in the details. Baumbach is a master of understanding that makes people tick and of finding the bitter hilarity in even the most desolate emotional scenes, such as Charlie steadily falling apart under the unforgiving eye of a family custody worker observing him with his son. Johansson and Driver are, are exceptional, as are Laura Dern and Lay, Lay, Ray Liotta, playing spiky and hilariously well-observed West Coasters voice lawyers. Baumbach gives them all so many great moments to shine. And they really do, as he shoots on gorgeous 35mm with a 1.66 aspect ratio that foregrounds performance, often with a startling long takes, alongside the likes of Shoot the Moon and Kramer vs. Kramer. Marriage Story is a vintage cinema about breaking up while trying to keep it together. So, um, yeah, again, some of these write-ups are a bit odd Because they, they, they seem to miss, uh, you know, certain things from the film Like, no, so the divorce When um, Nicole actually goes to, um, yeah, LA to start work The divorce has started, you know, at that point that they've they've kind of gone yeah we'll well I mean the separation should I say but it's not really temporary it's just they've agreed not to make it crazy so there is so I think that's more accurate really but look it's it's the interesting thing is so the film starts with. Um, so we're kind of seeing them both 
and like over over the scenes we're seeing so i think it, we start off with nicole um and over those scenes we're hearing charlie say what he loves about nicole and then it flips so then we're seeing charlie and it's nicole narrating what she loves most about charlie which you know that those narrations we then later in the film well towards the end of the film actually we we kind of understand what those actually were which is very interesting you know very interesting especially then where we end up um so yeah we have that and like so you hear those words and you're like oh okay these guys then they're in a um ah i like i wasn't quite sure if it, i don't think it was a lawyer's office um i think it's like counseling um so they're there but they're talk but the counselor's like all oh, right you know because then it's clear that they're separating right so it, mediation that's it they're in a mediator's office and um so we have that and it's just like oh but the, but the thing is you do get to sense that even though they're doing this thing there are still um there's still emotions that bind them they still value each other's opinion they still care for each other and that's the thing that really kind of resonates with you at the beginning of this and yeah we just see so we start to see things kind of start to unravel when you know when there's the separation so when Nicole is actually now in LA, that's when you you see it kind of falling apart. And that kind of makes sense because it's like, okay, so, you know, as I said, look, they still care for each other in this way and they're together, they've got their son, so they're making it work. But then when they're apart, there's no longer that, level of communication so then you know I mean you have other people in your ear look you should do it like this this is how you should do it ba 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 bum and so you'd be like oh okay oh ah I'll listen to that yeah maybe I'll give that a try ah and then it, you know things turn things turn um because yeah there wasn't meant to be lawyers involved that wasn't made to be the way they're going. But then we get the lawyers. And it's and the interesting thing is, it's just like at the beginning, you're kind of like, oh, I wonder why. But I think then there's a revelation that it's just like, oh, that's one of the things that kind of triggered that. But it's a good thing. Because the lawyers, as mentioned, are played by Laura Dern um and Ray Liotta 
and the performances are superb. Also, though, Alan Alda, he plays a lawyer, and his lawyer is so, yeah, such a 180 to Ray Liotta, but it is such a great performance, you know, it really is. But so, yeah, we're seeing these these things happen, and, like, in, all this information starts to come out that you're just like, oh, shh. Because, yeah, it's weird. Like, you, you're, you like them both, right, at the beginning. Then Nicole instigates the lawyers. And then you're a bit like, oh, that's not great. And then you're kind of maybe leaning over to Charlie a bit. Then these revelations. And then you're like, oh, and you're back to Nicole. And you kind of flip between them both. But there are, yeah, there are these things that are just like, oh, man, that's not great. You know, so it's just like this back and forth, which I think you end up probably leaning a bit more to Nicole. But, it, yeah, it, it's like neither are shining. <laughs> neither are shining. But with all of this stuff, we get these really nice moments as well. Like, at the beginning, there's a bit with um, Charlie and his son. And so he goes to put his son to bed. And, yeah, it's just a nice little scene. So, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. You need to watch it. Uh, like there, there is like these amusing moments that make you laugh, make you chuckle, and then there's moments that just make you like, oh man, damn it! But this really is driven by performances and ain't the the kind of understanding of relationships, the understanding of relationships and communication. Communication is especially, and the idea that um, if you say things, you should mean them. You know what I mean? Don't just say things because that is that's what you think someone wants to hear and what will appease them in that moment in time. But you know, secretly, you have no intention of following through on that shit. Hell no, uh, no. Um, so yeah, there, there's that, and it's just like, god damn it, man. So yeah, I think that really kind of shines through, and then there's that kind of intent, like your actions should, you know, back up your character. Because I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's a bit like, it's easy to say things, but, hey, show and prove, man. Show and prove, you know? Because, I mean, that was one of the big things that led Nicole to do some of the things that Nicole does. Like, bringing the lawyers and some other shit. Because it's just like, things are said, but... Yeah, they were never really meant. And then also, it's like, I think, when you're putting your own needs over someone else, and you're not really doing things to factoring their needs, 
So all of these are, all of these themes are, are, are playing a big part in this film. And um, yeah, it just that's what gives it the life. That really gives it the life, and you just like you can really emphasize with the story. It is another. It's another great. It's another great film from from Bumbach. It really is. It's just like he he just has this understanding of of the human um, persuasion, the human dilemma. It's like him and Richard Linklater seem to be able to really like delve deep into the psyche and deliver these narratives that can really touch us, you know? Um so yeah, this this was this was a great film. And it is funny, man. Is it is it, it, funny because we we have these great performances. Like everyone does these really great performances and very nuanced performances as well. Like I have to admit, sometimes I'm I'm not sure what, how to take Adam Driver. I'm you know I like sometimes I think ah oh, that's a great performance, and other times I'm just like I just didn't believe that at all. But here, he does a really good performance. He really can play angry really well. I mean, as long as he's not playing um, <laughs> a, a, a Sith in Star Wars, he really knows how to do angry well. You know what I mean? Um, so, look, th- this is great. The ending is very interesting. The ending is very interesting because it offers up certain things without necessarily um, vocalizing them, you know, but it does. Yeah, well, that's all I'm saying, people. That's all I'm saying. But uh, listen. If this sounds like it is a film for you, and I would say, um, if you enjoy films like, um, oh, I mean, there was some, there was, oh, I think there was a film called um, Love, Love, uh, Loving, um, at last year's um, film festival. No, 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 it was The Lovers, okay, so, um, it's a film by Asriel Jacobs, starring Deborah Winger and Tracy Letts, and, man, it's fantastic, it's a, it's a great film, and it's a film about, like, the, the, the dissolvement of a relationship, and, um, yeah, just all of that. So I think if you liked that, there's also another film called Take This Waltz. Um, that's by Sarah P- Polly. Um, it stars Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen, Sarah Silverman. And that's another fantastic film about relationships. So I, I think if you like those films, if those films talk to you, then I would 
definitely say you will enjoy Marriage Story, you know, um, and people, the good thing is, you can enjoy Marriage Story, um, on another day, yes, you can, because, okay, it is playing Monday the 7th of October at quarter past 11. So that's at the Embankment Garden Cinema. Then again, later on the um, 7th, it's playing at 2pm at the Odeon Lux Leicester Square. Then you've got it on Friday the 11th of October at 12pm at the Odeon Tottenham Court Road. And then Sunday the 13th, the last day of the festival, at 12.30, again at the Odeon Tottenham Court Road. Um, If you can't make any of these, um, it will be hitting Netflix on the 6th of December um, this year. Uh, But yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it. It's a, it's a tremendous film. It's it's so good. So um yeah, this is written and directed by Noah Baumbach. Um, he also produced it with David Heyman. Uh, it's starring Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, Laura Dern, Alan Alda, Ray Liotta. Um, it's. 137 minutes, but trust me, at no point are you like, ugh, what's happening, man? This is boring. You're you're just engrossed all the way through. And another thing you'll be happy to hear, um, all the screenings are accessible, okay? So, um, yeah, the film has an audio description soundtrack, headphones are available on request, and people... The screening on Friday the 11th of October um, at 12pm, this is, um, this one is going to have English language subtitles, including um, non-dialogue audio description, so, yes, definitely, um, yeah, it is so great. It's so great that these screenings have, have been made accessible in this way. You know, I think that's a, a really good of the BFI to, you know, try and break down all the barriers. So yeah, go. You know, I mean, get to these screenings, people. You will not be disappointed. This is a really good film. Um, you could wait for the 6th of November, uh, 6th of December, and watch it on Netflix, but I do think that seeing it on the big screen will add something a little bit extra, but, um, yeah, that's just my point of view, people, but, yeah, marriage story, people, it's tremendous. Okay, so, we're drawing to the end, but we've got one more film to go, so we've got Monsoon, so we're going to have that, and then I'm going to go into the um, conversation with Hong Chao, the director, 
So, um, yeah, enjoy it, people. It's a really good conversation. Okay, so I've just come out of a screening of Monsoon. This is the new film by director and writer Hong Chow. It's produced by Tracy O'Riordan. Um, and it's starring Henry Golding, Parker Sawyer, David Tran, Molly Harris, Lam Visay, and Edouard Leo. The music is by John Cummings, and the cin- cinematography is Benjamin Kraken. So the gist of the story is this. Londoner Kit, who's played by Golding, has come to Vietnam to scatter his mother's ashes and to connect with the place he departed from as a child. But everything has changed and he finds little to anchor him. That is until he meets Lewis, a black American living in Saigon, whose father served in the war that still underscores many of Kit's interactions. The opening shot, an intriguing vantage on the busy traffic intersection with no road markings or discernible rules sets the pace and theme for this gradually enveloping film with its emphasis on moments of grace Um, the act of scenting lotus tea kit's tender skype calls to family Monsoon builds an atmosphere that will likely resonate with anyone who has felt that unique sense of loneliness at being somewhere they once belonged. Yeah, this was a really, a really interesting film. Now, in in that description, it mentions the um, the road scene at the beginning. And I, I, it looks like it was shot with a drone or something. Now that's in so that yeah because you're just seeing all this tra- everything just move but no yeah in no discernible pattern which is crazy. I was just thinking I can't I could never cross the road. Yeah, I, I'd just be in fear of being run over. But as, but I think the scene that really kind of sets the tone is um so we have kit he's traveling to um you know saigon and um he he goes to his hotel he checks in and then we see him sitting on a sofa and then he thinks himself oh let me put um i think it's a picture a picture up um, and, uh, you know, so I'm assuming it was of his mother. And so he gets up slowly, okay, takes the photo, and then he puts it on the side and he sits back down. He waits a little bit, then he gets back up and he's like, you see him you know, assess where he'd put it and think, no, that's not quite right. So he methodically moves across to the other side of the mantle, looking, then he places it, sits down again, and he's just staring, staring forward. And I think that said a lot 
about the type of film you're just about to see, you know, because it's really, it was just the methodical nature of it, like the slow pace of it, you know, and just doing this thing with, without any vocalization, so that was like, ah, uh, okay, it, it's gonna be a film like that, you know, it, it yeah, I think that kind of underpinned everything, and it really does, it, it just sets things up, because this film is, is kind of infused with sadness, guilt, longing, regret, um, like, self-discovery, and a little bit of happy, you know, uh, that's what this film is, it's really interesting, and it, so, it's a slow-paced film, but you don't find yourself going, oh god, how long is this going to last for, you know, you're not looking at your watch, you're just intrigued with what's happening in front of you, so it's 86 minutes, so it's just like, just under an hour and a half, and it, and that works, really does, like, um, we have Kit meet his cousin Lee, and just the, the, in that conversation, that first conversation, you, you realise so much, because there just feels like there is this wedge in between them, you know, and it, it's not a hatred thing, but there's this guilt, this sadness, this, um, ah, uh, like, I don't, I'm not sure, because, you know, they're not really making eye contact, there's a, just this vibe, just this vibe between them, and you're watching it, and you're just intrigued, you're just like, oh, I wonder what's happened, and through the conversations, you you have this realisation, you have this realisation, and also, a bit later on, something else becomes clear, and, you know, once that is kind of settled, that helps, because there was definitely uh, just a level of just confoundedness, you know, like, oh, I'm not sure I can do this thing, and then when the real, like, there's no need to, it's just like, oh, okay, okay, but yeah, Kit is, he's kind of like walking in quicksand, he's walking in quicksand, trying to find his way, and we see a different side of Kit, in his interactions with Lewis, in his interactions with Lewis, and in his interactions 
with um this girl that does art tours that's when we kind of see a happier kit which is interesting you know because it's like he doesn't need to hide as much at first like no I mean as time goes on he doesn't need to hide he feels more comfortable and I think that's the film you know, trying to find your place in everything, you know, because, yeah, it's it's a tough one, when you know you're from this place, but you don't really know the place, so you're going back, but it's not familiar, and you wish it was familiar, because that's a big, like, in conversations, and it's just like, yeah, this used to, and blah, blah, bum, and you just see him trying to remember, but can't, there's a weight to that, you know, it, it it's, it's kind of crushing, and you see that, the claustrophobia of just not feeling not feeling that you belong, you know, not feeling you belong, that an interesting part of the film is the way it's shot, because you get a sense that you're, you're looking in on all of this, like, you know what I mean, you've just, you kind of crept up on them, you're just around the corner, and you're peeping and you're watching, that's the kind of feel you get, which is really interesting, and it's done by just these different kind of camera angles, you know, just a different way it's shot, the different way it's kind of looking at things, like you have Kit um, in front of a shop, and the camera's like then you've got him sometimes like um sitting somewhere at a you know at a cafe and the camera is kind of looking through a hole in a fence like a hole in like a, a one of those kind of trellis fence or this or something like that you know so it's these really interesting angles that give you the sense of being a witness to what is happening, which adds to that uniqueness of the film, that adds to the, like, the pace of the film, because I, I, you know, if it was traditionally shot, you definitely have a different connection here, and then there's the score, the, um, you know, the music John Cummins creates for it, which is, it just works so well, it really does, that last scene is so perfect, such a perfect way to end this, it really is, like, I don't think you would want the film to end in another way, especially with everything that you have seen, everything that Kit has gone through, to, fit, to have it end like this, 
it yeah it, it it's just the best way and um I, I i think when people see it they will be like yeah no we get it that's all we needed but yeah that's all we needed yo it, it's it's an interesting film i would definitely say check it out people um if you're a fan of stuff like you know like the station agent if you're a fan of stuff like um i don't know 13 um like um oh gosh what's sidewalks of new york you know things like that that kind of slice of life film 13 conversations about one thing if you like those sort of films that kind of slower pace kind of like this is just a screenshot of life then monsoon is all you this is your type of film and people you do get a chance to see this film so it will be playing the um saturday the 5th of october at 6 15 at the empire haymarket you can then see it sunday the 6th of october at quarter to four at the prince charles cinema or monday the 7th of october at 3 p.m at the view west end so um yeah if you're working then saturday sunday is 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 the best bet for you um some other good news if you are hard of hearing if you have um you know visual difficulties then you might want to catch the screening on monday the 7th as this is an accessible screening so um the film will have english language subtitles and also it's including descriptions of non-dialogue audio so yeah that's the um that's the 3 p.m screening at the view west end so uh yeah people check out monsoon it's by hong chu produced by tracy o'riden starring henry golding parker sawyer david tran molly harris and um lam visay and edward leo music by john cummings cinematography benjamin kraken definitely check it out people okay i'm here with hong Kao, who's the director of the new film monsoon that's starring henry goulding um, parker sawyer and david tran so um hong Thank you very much for this opportunity to talk to you. I, I really appreciate it. I've literally just come from seeing your film. So, yeah, I, I, I've got questions for you, man. I, I've definitely got questions for you. Oh, no, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, shoot, shoot away. <laughs> I'm dreading your questions. <laughs> now, I don't know if this is right, like if this was intentional or if I've just seeing something different into the film but it felt kind of 
felt a little voyeuristic. Well, no, not voyeuristic is probably the wrong word, but it's kind of like I'm just standing on a corner and kind of eavesdropping in on these conversations that, like, um, Kit is having, and and you know, talking with Lewis and you know Lee and all of these people that were just on the outskirts looking into this kind of just moment in time i mean is that something you were going for yeah no that's really well spotted i mean that was totally intentional the idea was to we i wanted this story to be in a way that it feels like you're watching him but you're not watching him from an from a, a really far distance so you're i wanted to have that kind of dual sense of being personal and and yet we're only a couple of steps behind him you know so yeah. that so that when 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 moments are very um, maybe maybe heartfelt or, or emotional, you you do feel it, but you're just slightly a couple of steps behind him. So mm. it, it does have that kind of sense of, I, I mean, it wouldn't I, yeah, voyeuristic isn't the word, but I would say something like uh, have this kind of observational quality, but not from afar. Yeah, see, that's why you're the director. Observational. That was the word I, <laughs> I should have used. I'm like, yeah, voyeuristic. Like, ah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I thought some of the camera angles that you chose were very interesting. Because it was like you'd have, say, a, a trellis fence and we're kind of looking through one of the gaps. It wasn't just those obvious shots, that obvious, like, straight on angle. Or like a slight angle, slightly looking up or just round kind of thing. And I thought, yeah, that really worked to kind of give that, that yes, sense of I, I, I'm just on the outskirts of this moment which was really interesting I mean how was it to film like that I mean was it like you you had to kind of forget all you've learned and try this new method or was this something that just came like was it instinctive no it, it was uh, it was the, the visual language is really important in this um, just because of the, the style of the film and it felt um, as I was writing it it, 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 it felt it was a story that was a very personal story. So you wanted the camera to be almost put, be there with him, but not infringe on that personal space too much, right? But still be able to feel those those personal um, heartfelt moments. Mm. So um, it, I am. We I spent a lot of time with Ben, the DOP, Ben Kraken to talk about the visual language of the film because I wanted it to, the visual language to support the theme of the film as well. So it, yeah. it was just, it, it was really vital that we get that right. So that at the beginning, uh, when he just arrived in Vietnam, mm, mm. It's, it's a, obviously it's his birth country, but it's a country he doesn't remember and have very little memories of and feels very alien from. So we wanted to, I wanted to have this sense that to kind of, have this distance but also shooting off reflection as well as a way to to give that slight distance between him and that environment and then as the film progresses that star was slowly removed so we were shooting less off reflection yeah so to speak yeah, 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 yeah. so it was it was um it just it just took a lot of planning uh, and prepping and it was something it was just i knew from day one that once we had the dop and once ben was on board it was just a conversation that me and him had to keep keep on talking about and be aware of. 
Ah, see, that makes sense. And you definitely get that feel. Because it was like, there was those conversations, like when Kit was talking with Lee. And so I, I guess Lee's Kit's cousin? Yeah, he's kind of second cousin. Uh, second cousin, yeah, very distant cousin. Okay, yeah, because you got that in those conversations... You, you've got that they were close, but now there's this kind of wedge there. And it's, it's not hatred, but there's kind of some guilt, there's some sadness, there's some, you know, just stuff, just stuff infringing, because just the way they were in communicating the body language, the, the kind of... The, the, the eye contact and all of that you really that really resonates like straight out the gate like what do you do you just give the actors the script or do you sit with them and go look this is kind of like this could be a way of doing it blah, 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 or do you just let them run with it and see if what they do matches your kind of vision we, 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 I talked a lot with the actors about this, and we had rehearsal time as well. So we had a, uh, so the scenes between Kit and his second cousin Lee. We we had uh, we had uh, rehearsals on that, and we were slowly trying to find a way for that. So, like you said, those scenes ha- there's a lot, uh, there, there, there's a lot of things sitting in those in those scenes. So there's mm. just like you said, there's the awkwardness. There's also the guilt for Kit having grown up in the West with all the kind of privileges of the West. Excuse me, and so kind of returning back to see his cousin, who, and Vietnam is in this very extremely poor but yet incredibly vibrant capitalist yeah. place, you know. So it was, um, it was to find, uh, yeah, those are the things we talked about, and then it was then to allow the actors to do it, and then obviously in the edit we, you know, you help along with the edit mm-hmm. and with the kind of composition of the frame as well. All of those go in to help make that scene embody those things that you said yeah. yeah yeah because then on the flip side it was interesting like the when kit is with lewis he kind of lights up it's like the baggage falls away he's a lot happier he's a lot lighter it seems you know which which is interesting because like at first he hides some stuff like, oh, yeah, it's my first time to the country. And for, like, um, I don't think that's a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we, we kind of get that. And as they go, as their situation goes on, it's just comfortable. And then at the end, like, it's just, it's just a great scene because we, we see them together. And there's just this really... It's very relaxed, yeah. and it, it's kind of a just a, such a juxtaposition from the beginning of the film to now this moment, yeah. and so it just seemed like a nice moment to kind of shut the doors on. Yeah. But it's like there's no real resolution or anything like that. But it's a bit like it doesn't matter yeah. because we have this this backdrop and everything so it's just like yeah no that feels right that 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 feels right so it's a bit like when thinking of where to end the film 
how did you come to that kind of um, realization? That that's the point. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, um, is that's a really good question. I mean, I'm just trying to remember in the script whether we ended in the same way we've ended the film mm. because some of the scenes got rejumbled in the edit. Right. right. Uh, I think in the end we spent a lot of time trying to get the end right. And I wonder, I think it might, the script might have been a different ending to what you saw. And it was only, you know, when the edit we discovered. And it, it needed to be that. I mean, like you say, in a story like this, with these kind of um, themes that I'm trying to talk about, is you can't give a conclusive, it's not, mm. it's not something you can package neatly and then tie it in a bow and say, there you go, that's the conclusion. Um, so it, it can't have those kind of resolution. But what, what I hope was to give the sense of, uh, an uplifting spirit, you know, that that despite everything that he's going along, that that there may be hope between the two of them. And that yeah. was just it, you know, they may, you know, that, that was the idea without being too on the nose. And and you're right that he, it, the scenes with Lewis is a bit lighter because I think, it, I think as a film, it, it needed those elements just bec- or else it will feel, again, you're, you're, you, it may feel like you're drowning in this, in our protagonist kind of search all the time yeah. and it can it, it also can feel maybe uh, uh samey or monotonous so it, it, it i wanted to bring that element of of lewis in but also because i think lewis as a character is also i think he's going through similar experiences kit you know mm. but i think he's probably a few years ahead of kit yes. and for somebody like kit he was able to find this man fascinating and maybe his kind of journey to be where he's at fascinating as well yeah yeah no that that's the thing there was a moment i was concerned in the film um when he got to hanoi you know what i mean in the hotel i was a bit like oh man as i'm just like what about what about lewis what about yeah i was just like what's he done why and then it's just like okay okay all right okay Fine. Is it like is they haven't known each other for age? All right, fine. All right, I'll give that a pass. <laughs> like, yeah. What was the reasoning for it, like including that? Yeah, I, I don't. The, the thing is, I think I, I guess the part of it is I, I, um, I wanted to resist this idea of telling this kind of traditional love story, you know, yeah, 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 and yeah. Um, and I think for for I think there's a generation of. Uh, a, of I say a gener- generation of gay men that I think they will understand that for somebody like Kit that I think he it, it wasn't I didn't want to tell this traditional idea that you know that, that this Lewis is going to be this character that's going to stay around yes. and I think for him is that he came to Vietnam to, to try and find a closure of, of, of something that's been tugging away at him and I think uh, you know I think he just wants to kind of play around because I think men can be like that and uh, and it's only towards the end when he's able to find a sense of closure with his family that he's able to then go back to Lewis and and maybe f- um, look for something more meaningful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it was it was just I guess it was just to to do that and maybe I mean I don't want to explain too much. Kind of yeah. destroys the mystery. Yeah, 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 destroys yeah. the mystery. But also I wanted I was slightly concerned maybe that I didn't want kit to be this person i want kit to also find his own his own skin mm. color attractive as well you know what yeah. i mean and he yeah, wants yeah, to yeah, find yeah. his own i don't want him to be be this kind of person that that i don't know 
Yes. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I want I him to find his own culture. Yeah. I know. So, what, yeah. yeah, I know. Because yes, that, I think that's something that you you find sometimes, and I think depth, especially now, with um, you know, like everyone's so conscious about diversity and everything like that. So I think sometimes you feel that. You know, it, it's a, it's a like, oh, we can't put two people of a certain race together because we need to mix it up. So let's have them with that to show, hey, we're like, there's no, there's no boundaries. We can love anyone, which is good. But sometimes it's just like, but we can love people that look like us as well. And, and you kind of miss that. So, yeah, no. And I feel that scene, although it, it was made, ah, it was a little bit sad, it made complete sense. But you did feel that Kit is a confused, is looking for some sort of answer around him and in himself. So it's just like it, it makes sense within the film. So, yeah, yeah no, it all worked. It was, it was good. I think also because he's going through this kind of very, very painful personal search of his kind of past that I think sometimes I think we certain people can be like that, that you because he's just gone. There's no tie between him and Lewis at that, at that stage that he, you know, I think you, you can just, you know, have fun and mm. with whatever encounter that comes along. Yeah. Um, I guess I wanted to, to, to yeah, do that and break that traditional or conventional mode of a, of a love story, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, 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 no. It, yeah, it was good, man. It, like, it did work. It did work. Like, where did this story come from? I think that's a, that's a thing. Like, was it an idea you had? Was it, like, an adapt adaptation of something that you'd read? Or, or like, how did it come? I mean, this is a story I wanted to do for a long time. I mean, like, um, I mean, it's not autobiographical, but a lot of the stuff there are very similar stuff that I feel. So, mm. like, even though I'm not Vietnamese, I'm born in Cambodia and I grew up in Vietnam. So I left Cambodia when I was just a baby, really. Right, and I have right. no memories of Cambodia. And all my childhood memories are of Vietnam. And so I guess early drafts, there was the character was Cambodian, blah, blah, blah. And then and I, it just needed simplifying. So I just figured that you know what just make him Vietnamese and British yeah. Vietnamese and that would just simplify the structure and then I could with that I can hang all of these things that I wanted to talk about I mean I mean I, I grew up you know I grew up in London Britain and um, I feel very British but I have these kind of I don't know these tussles and tug and pulls that I have because mm. my parents are also of another culture which I don't quite um, fully grasp either so yeah. I just wanted to, 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 to talk about the, the, this kind of the, the duality that, that there's a generation of immigrants or refugees who are now adults and who are grappling for that sense of cultural identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I completely understand because it's like, um, so I was born here, but my birth parents are Nigerian and like, so, and I was adopted, I grew up in a predominantly dominantly white area there was literally no black people where I grew up just a, a couple of kids in the school but that was basically it and when like everyone's coming up to you going go back home you know yeah. gotta leave this place you don't feel like you belong but then you don't feel like I don't really feel an attachment to Nigeria so you you're kind of in this limbo so it's weird 
you're right, and it's really sad because I mean, for people like us, like when people tell you to go home, you think, well, this is my home, and this is all I have. Mm. Like, what, what, what part of your brain can you not yeah. comprehend that? <laughs> and I remember, like three years ago, you know, when we're, when I was still writing this, there was just like refugees and immigrants were demonized so much there was no proper wanting to have a human conversation about oh. it you know and yeah. it just became this political football for them to just you know demonize us and demonize refugees in a way that was really um i don't know uh, traumatic yeah. i think yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so i guess it, part of doing this was to put a human face to it so mm. and a human experience to it so, yeah. no no it was good and the and the score that was, yeah, that worked. Like, yeah. How did that come? Like, did you have a vision of what you thought the music should be? Or did you hand it off and go, like, here's some film. What do you think works? Like, how did that work? No, I, I mean, it's weird. I mean, I didn't know about whether there would be music in the film, but I knew there would be a track at the end for that to encapsulate all of that, right? Mm. So when we met... John Cummings who used to be in Mogwai I, I always wanted that track I wanted that kind of music I was mm. listening to Mogwai a lot and music like that that kind yeah, of Mogwai yeah, yeah, yeah. explosion in the sky Godspeed you black emperor mm. so mm. I was listening to those kind of music a lot and I wanted a track like that but really kind of visceral and, yes. and hard and um, yeah and he wrote a lot of variations along the way and even stuff for other scenes and then in the edit we decided not to have any of that but just to keep that one track at that moment mm, mm. yeah oh nice thanks for saying that yeah i really yeah i thought we did an amazing job yeah yeah no like that's the thing everything that worked i thought you know the cinematography like you know what i mean like your angles the music that that just the acting as well because that was a thing you you got everything and it's kind of in, because sometimes you have these films and there's this narration like, when I came back to Vietnam, I was like, I need to, ah, and you're just like, ah, if I, you kind of feel something, it's like, if I can't get that from the, the visuals, then why? Why? So it, yeah, no, it all worked well, man. It, it, was, it was good. Like, where'd you go from here, though? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, it's going to have a cinema release next year, so uh, a distribution company's took it on. So. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so I, 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 I don't know. Just yeah. Like, do you, do you know when next year? Like first no, quarter. No, they haven't said anything actually. They they said they said early next year, but I don't think they've set on anything. To be okay. honest with you, yeah. yeah. Ah, no. What I think we've still got a bit of time. Um, I'm just curious to. Oh, was he waiting? Oh, okay. Um, the cast, how did all that come about? Like, did you have certain people in mind or like, were you just auditioning and they just came? Yeah, I didn't have anybody in mind. We just literally auditioned. We like, we cast the net far and wide. Like, we looked at everybody. Like we looked at America, Europe, uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, obviously, of, and the UK. We looked at a lot of uh, a lot of actors. I mean, it took a long time for us to get it right because it really needed an actor that could um, kind of bring that kind of internal quality. You know, that kind mm. of um, th those kind of internalizing of, of emotions. And uh, and uh, Amy Hubbard, our casting director, was able to eventually find uh, Henry. And uh, yeah, so. 
It was, uh, yeah, and, and then Parker also, yeah, Parker came along in the early stages of, of, of casting as well. Um, that Carmel, a previous uh, casting director for Okay. Okay, that's, that's great, man. Um, where can people find information on this? Do you, like, do you have a website, social media? I, I don't have a website, but the, the, the distribution company, Peccadillo Pictures, will have it on their website. Uh, yeah, they, I, I, they just signed a contract couple, uh, a week ago, so I don't know if it's up yet, but, but if, they, if they go to Peccadillo Pictures, they, they, there should be information there, hopefully. Okay, superb, man. Um, yeah, I, I did really enjoy the film, so, and thank you very much for the time. I really appreciate that, man. And, um, hey, when you've got a new feature coming, hey, you know what I mean? Let, let's meet up and have another conversation. Will do. Thanks, man. Thanks for, yeah, chatting with me. Thank you. Okay, people. So, yeah, that's it for another episode. Um, yeah, man, it was a lot of films. <laughs> I've got a feeling there's going to be another lot of films tomorrow. Um, yeah, I have no, it's just working out like that way. I'm surprised I didn't realise I'd seen so many films already. But, yeah, that's what happens at these things, people. But um, check the episode notes uh, for links and um, dates. I'm probably going to have to cut back on some info because, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think there's the character count for it all. But I'm going to put in all the... Um, you know, the salient points, okay? So, um, yeah, hope you've enjoyed this one, and um, we'll be back tomorrow. But remember, hey, go back, listen to the others, because you might find a film that um, you find intriguing and you want to check out before this all ends on the 13th, all right? Cool. Check you tomorrow. Peace.